All right, hello everyone, and welcome to the Living in Truth podcast with Panoplia. Episode number, I'm not really sure at this point. Uh, just because we don't do them consistently, I'm not keeping up with the numbers. How are you, Tabitha? I'm good. So we've as got, good as can be in the current climate. Yeah, no kidding. Um, we've got a doozy for you because we're going to talk about Jesus and politics, Christianity and politics. How should we engage in a political climate? And I want to upfront throughout this disclaimer: we don't plan our shows ahead of time. We might have a couple of little talking points here and there, but we don't really plan our shows out. That being said, we decided ahead of time we're not going to talk about George Floyd here. Um, It's not a political issue. It shouldn't be a political issue. And the fact that it has been made one by people on all ends of the spectrum who want to weaponize it for their own political agendas is a damning indictment of what our political culture has become. So we're not really going to talk about it because it's not a political thing. Um, and our views otherwise have been expressed on social media platforms, so I have no problem doing that. So, moving forward, the topic is how Christians should engage within the political landscape. And the first place you go when talking about how Christians should do anything, you look to Jesus, and what did Jesus do, and how did Jesus uh, interact in a political landscape. And so, what you find, Jesus isn't really going on about it. He is asked one question that is directly about politics, and that is, should we pay taxes or should we give all our money to the temple? And it's a trap question, and Jesus knows it's a trap question. And his answer is, you render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, and you render unto God's what is God's. Basically saying, that's not the right question. You already know the answer to that, and that's that you pay your taxes and you do your share because you still live here, but just make sure you give God the glory that he is due. Any other time, he's not making a political statement. In fact, everyone who was expecting the coming of the Messiah was expecting a political revolution. And that's not what they got with Jesus, because much like a lot of the other things they were reading in Scripture, they were reading it from a worldly perspective. And Jesus says, no, this is way, way, way bigger than that. So They were expecting a what? A political? Of this big political revolution that he would lead to free them from Roman rule. And well, did he not do a big political revolution by not being involved in politics? In a sense, <laughs> I suppose so. Um, that's actually, that's a pretty decent point. The idea that you know being separated from all of it is a wild idea. Just like it's a wild idea now. You know, how are you not involved in the conversation? Yeah, it's a good point. And so, another thing I want to bring into this um, because people are going to say you're going to tell me I shouldn't be involved in the political life of this country. And the answer is no. I'm sure other people are saying, I've seen what you share on social media. What do you mean don't get involved in politics? We should be involved in politics. And here's why. Jesus has commanded us to be in the world, but not of the world. And we are in the world, and being in the world, we do need to participate in politics. But our ideas of what politics come from should not come from worldly ideas. Our eyes should be fixed on following after God. Mm Mm-hmm period. So go vote. But just understand that 
when you're voting for things, you need to understand what it is that you would like to see in the world. This is voting and having a political debate between two sides who disagree. It's pretty unique to the last couple of hundred years. Um, in Jesus's day, it was, huh, your political beliefs are whatever we tell you your political beliefs are. So this is a whole basically new idea, but it's something that we can engage with and interact with, again, in a Christian way from a Christian perspective. Ah, uh, You don't see a whole lot of that nowadays when you're talking about people engaging with each other on social media, though. Yeah. So we are not here to tell you which political party you should um, connect Never. with because that is between you and God. We have our personal political party that we believe the Bible points to. Um, but you might not agree with our reasons for feeling that way. Um, and we're not here to discuss that. Um, something we are here to talk about, especially in politics, is you have some political figures that are Christians, and then you have some political figures that are not Christians, and then some political figures who say they're Christians but don't actually live a Christian life. Right. Um, so I think our number one thing where we fail as a Christian community in the world is we hold political figures to Christian standards, even though they aren't Christians. Yeah. And then, and like the Bible specifically states that like, you shouldn't hold Christian non-Christians accountable, that, like, non-Christians are accountable for what they choose to do themselves. Right. It's not our job to do that for them. Our job is to bring them to Jesus, not to tell them all the things that Jesus says they shouldn't do and chastise them for doing those things because they don't believe the authority which you were citing. Right. And so the other problem we have with being Christians in a political climate is that if our politicians are Christians, they need to be Jesus. Yeah, that's that is how we treat them. We treat And them. by that, we mean that they need to be perfect. Like they absolutely are not capable of doing any wrongdoing and they are absolutely not capable they should not be making any mistakes, which if you are a Christian, you know that that's completely against everything the bible says yep um they are still human beings after all you know we're striving to follow god and we're striving to live the life that christ lived but we do stumble mm. you know so why is it why are our political leaders not allowed to stumble as we are you know why are we willing why are we willing to hold our political st- our political leaders up to a higher standard than we hold our pastors and our small group leaders up to. Even more so, why are we holding our political leaders to a higher standard than we hold ourselves? Right. Um, Because I know that if you found yourself in sin, you would hopefully understand that it was wrong and feel convicted in your spirit and um, resolve to never do that again. However, you would probably show yourself some grace and understand that God is going to allow you to move forward if you honestly and truly repent. We should expect the same thing from our leaders who, 
especially in this day and age, they are just people who we have chosen to do a job. Right. Um, you know, it's no different. It, it would be like calling out your local Christian fireman for something that he said offhand while he was frustrated. Right. And then on top of that... And I'm talking about angrily and bitterly on social media and not confronting him to his face. And then on top of that, we, um, you know, Caleb used the Bible verse that the only time Jesus talks about politics is to render unto Caesar what is Caesar's and render unto God what is God's. Um, And in saying that, Jesus is saying that you are to respect Caesar and what Caesar commands of you as your leader. Um, And so why are we not willing to do that anymore politically? We should be respecting our people in office, whether we disagree with them. um, There's another passage in Romans 13 about, you know, every authority put above you, God has put above you. It's all part of his plan. Um, And therefore, I'm not saying we can't notice when injustices happen and point out that they are wrong. But you don't usually get that in the world, just pointing out that stuff is wrong. You get pointing out injustice and then suddenly this person is to be considered evil and scorned and cast aside into the place where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Like, we... We sentence people to hell when God may not have done so himself. Right. In that sense. And sometimes that is because they have been caught in some kind of sin or egregious act. Sometimes it's just because they have done something that we disagree with. And there, there's even a big difference there. I don't even think it's our place to say um, this person is definitely going to hell and definitely not the Christian they say they are after, one, after a sin is committed but much less when they have endorsed some kind of legislation or something that you disagree with. That's completely counterproductive and not biblical. Right, and I've, I've just seen a lot of Christians holding their political leaders to, you know, these standards that we've been talking about. But also I've seen a lot of Christians trying to validate the way they talk and treat political leaders off the way past leaders have been wrongfully treated. Um, And that 100% is not a biblical thought process. And in looking at that, you know, that that would 100% be frowned upon by by God. Um, We are supposed to forgive those who have committed crimes against us, forgive them again and again and again. We are to turn the other cheek. Um, Because if you really think about it, if I don't like this political leader and I'm going to trash talk them and then someone else trash talks the next political leader, we just get in this endless cycle of justifying hatred and justifying mean rhetoric over and over and over again. And there's it's a never-ending cycle and it just gets more vicious each time it comes around. Right. It's that, how dare you say this about this person? Well, you said this about this person. Well, you said this about this person and so on and so forth. Eventually, someone's going to have to be the person to stop saying stuff about right. people. That is the only way. Like, dialogue, I'm not saying don't discuss politics. I'm not even going to say don't discuss politics on social media, although to be honest, for the most part, that's not the best way to go about it. But 
what I am going to say is something we forget all the time is that these people on the other side of these screens that we're talking to and going back and forth with are human beings. Mm -hmm. They are made in the image of God, just like you or me, whether they're Christian or not. Right. And so the idea, I've seen so many people, whether they will reply to a post in complete anger and wrath. And you know, you know what? Guilty. I've done it. Um, we all have, but we reply to these posts and comment in anger and wrath and to vilify this person who presented this idea or we ourselves present an idea, you know, talking about someone, talking about some politician that vilifies them or demonizes them. That's not treating them like the image bearers of God that they are. That's not showing the sort of love that we are called to show to our neighbors and our brothers. We need to be really, really careful about the way we present our ideas. Um, And we have to go after ideas if we feel the need to confront something or challenge something. We need to go after the ideas, not go after the people. Because the people, just like you and me, are sinners without a perfect understanding of everything going on. Um, They are sinners. Some of them saved by grace. Some of them haven't quite found it. But regardless of all of that, we are called to love our neighbor as ourselves. We are called to put aside our pride and either step up and challenge the ideas and bring forth a discussion or don't say anything at all. But what we cannot take and what we cannot do is attack other people because we disagree with their ideas as if the ideas in our heads... And what we've crafted is the definition of what is perfect, not what is seen in Scripture. That is a big problem. And it points to another problem that's just a more broad version of everything that we've summed up here. Our modern culture, Christian or not, but I think it's also infested the Christian culture, we have an idolatry of politics. We do. We put our politicians, our political opinions, our political ideas on a higher pedestal than we do God. We care about those things more than we care about God. And that is what leads to all of these things. That is what leads to all of this anger. That is what leads to all this hypocrisy. That is what leads to all of this frustration. Is that we have decided to idolize our politics over worshiping God. Sometimes even taking the name of God and invoking it to support our own political opinions. And we've talked before about how that is a more accurate definition of taking the Lord's name in vain than like GD, for example. Mm -hmm. And so we really need to look at ourselves honestly when we get into politics. If we're going to talk politics, which I I think we should engage with it. I think we should. And, and it, we should engage with it, but this is not a call. If you're in a pastoral or teaching role, this is not a call for you to tell your believers what to believe. Mm-hmm. Jesus did not tell them who to vote for and what to believe. Jesus told them to respect authority. Yeah. As a pastor, you're called to a higher standard because as a pastor, your goal is to communicate the will of God to your people. And the will of God is not go vote Republican, go vote Democrat, whatever it is. That's not biblical. 
let you know people can figure it out for themselves you can have your own political opinions you can discuss them but if you are speaking in the title of a pastor or from the power of a pulpit politics is gone in yeah. terms of set boundary line beliefs right because the problem is that when you are preaching or teaching to a congregation um you are you know you you're potentially in like you potentially have the power to take to destroy one's salvation yeah. in doing that you could place um, a stumbling block in front yeah of someone. there's a there's a very thin line of trust there and the pro it'd be one thing if the bible specifically said go vote democrat <laughs> right you know then if, if if it were clearly outlined like that in the bible then you would be more than qualified to go preach on politics but when the only line given is the one that we've talked the stuff that we've talked about there there is no foundation for you to get up in front of your congregation and say you because you are a christian you have to believe this you know all we can do as christians to decide which political party we identify with but honestly today we shouldn't even really be identifying specifically with a political party we should be analyzing the character yeah and the, um, and the, the individual ideas the individual ideas of the people um and i'll say one thing we talk about you know political issues if you in the role of a pastor find absolutely irrefutable scriptural evidence that there's a biblical viewpoint on a political position and it's clear crystal in scripture have at it i'll go ahead and tell you now i've only found one and that's abortion you know the the idea of protecting children in the womb is the only issue that is political that i have seen anywhere biblically that seems to have a pretty open and shut case right if it's at the, at the moment as far as i'm concerned if it's any other issue i'm not going to make that a biblical argument because it's just not one mm-hmm. um and you know like Caleb and I can sit here with you all day and you can come at us saying, well, I believe the Bible says this, you know, like one of the big things, like I'm not going to say whether I support it or not, but the wall Trump wants to build currently. Um, and a lot of people are like, well, the Bible like would never like that is totally God says to welcome people in. But there are also verses in the Bible where God says to build a wall upon your uh, around your city to protect yourself. Yeah. So there are two sides to that argument, even biblically. Yeah. So, um, you know, and, and it, what's funny is if you really, you know, when we t when we take on politics from a biblical perspective, we look at it from one facet. Like, I know a lot of the New Testament, but I don't know much of the Old Testament or I'm going to look at this specific like I found the one verse of give to Caesar and what is Caesar's. And so I'm just going to read this whole chapter in the Bible and this whole chapter can possibly be the only one that gives me any direction. Forget about Romans, mm -hmm. you know, and so honestly, the only way you could even begin to think that you're a professional like that you can be a christian who has the ideas on politics is if you possibly have the entire bible memorized and have analyzed it back to front multiple times and but even then and done so perfectly and had the perfect response to each and every single passage in scripture only one person has done that and he was the word himself his name was jesus perhaps you've heard of him you're not him <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, I mean, that's just that's just things to think about. Um, you know, I 
I've seen a lot of post bashing Christians. I've seen a lot of people, like we've said, holding people up to biblical perspectives. And quite frankly, I'm just tired of it. Like, you know, the Bible says when you see your brother sinning, that you are to go up to your brother and confront him on his sin. If he will not listen to you, you are to gather others. And as a group, you are supposed to and so on and so on and mm-hmm. only then after multiple t- tries do you including presenting it to the whole church right only then do you turn away mm-hmm. and we we hide behind our social media today you know we're willing to say things to people that we normally won't say things to we're willing to call people out and sin but then most of the stuff i've seen isn't even really seen isn't even really sin it's people ass- making assumptions yeah. on someone's character and that's disgusting to me to see Christians making assumptions on other people's character because God loves each of us. Yeah. Yeah, people assume the worst intentions in people when they read certain things or certain words will just peek. Ah, this is the kind of person that is. That is not the way God has called us to see our fellow. Yeah, and if, if, you, if you see someone, a fellow Christian, share a questionable post... I challenge you, if you really strongly, like, first off, first things first, you should pray to God about it Mm -hmm. and say, like, am I just mad that this person doesn't share the same view as me? Or is this really a sinful viewpoint that they have? And if you do, the place to have that conversation with that person is not right there in the comments section of what they post for everybody to see. The Bible says to go to your brother face to face first. If you can't see them face to face, you should at least have the kindness to private message them in a message yeah great example of this i had a good friend a few years ago i made a political post on facebook and it's not that he didn't agree with it but he thought it was insensitive so he called me and i don't know that i necessarily then or now agree with that assessment but he took the time to call me personally and address me as a human being knowing i had the best of intentions but this is how it looked that to me was the right way to go about that situation, even if I don't necessarily agree with the assessment. And I think that that is the way that we move forward is to stop hiding behind our keyboards and get personal again about this stuff Mm -hmm. because you are forced to confront the humanity of the other person. And remember, he probably has the best of intentions or she probably has the best of intentions the same way that I do. Mm -hmm. And either they're misguided or we just disagree, and that's okay. Yeah, because we... Because our Christian culture right now says that God gives grace again and again and again, and that we are perfect and can't do anything wrong, and that's wrong. That's a wrong thought process to have. But why do we feel like God feels this way about us, but we can't think that, we don't think that way about other people? Right. Absolutely. Um, And so... In the last few minutes here, I know we said we don't plan our shows, and we don't, but we did put together um, just for us to check our own hearts and make sure that we're going after biblical principles. We have put together a list of five signs that you might be idolizing politics rather than worshiping God. Um, And so, again, this isn't designed to make you feel awful about yourself. It's just designed to say, okay, have I been doing this lately? And how can I go to a biblical perspective? Right. And like Caleb and I have said this whole time, this podcast has been brought about by things we've seen, but also personal convictions that we've faced in the way we've handled things. You know, Caleb has this rule 
that if something upsets him, he won't respond to a situation until after he's let the anger go and really thought and sought God's wisdom on it. Um, And just in general, I think that's a good approach to take to most things. Yeah, so the first sign you're putting politics ahead of Jesus. You assume people who disagree with you on non-biblical issues can't be Christian. Um, that's just a problem because if it's not an issue that comes up in Scripture or isn't you know, clearly one way or the other in Scripture, how are you supposed to say that this person is interpreting Scripture wrongly or not following Jesus accurately? Um, and, and again, not to throw the wrench in the works, but here we go. It might be you who's got it wrong too. And you've got to acknowledge that possibility in yourself and seek guidance from the Holy Spirit. And then even if you find yourself completely right, that doesn't mean the other person isn't following Jesus. Um, I've written down here as well, you know, the Holy Spirit might prompt you to say something. The Holy Spirit will not prompt you to demonize the person on the other side of the debate. Mm-hmm. That is not the goal of any of this. Second sign your politics comes before Jesus. You frequently and publicly vilify politicians and your opposing political party. And I'm not talking about this person is the Antichrist. I'm not talking about, you know, this person is Hitler. I am talking about as simple as I can't believe this guy um, wants to do this. He's an awful person in any way. Whatever descriptor you want to use, racist, evil, Um, This person doesn't care about X, Y, Z. Yeah, and so just to be clear here, it's one thing to say, wow, I can't believe this person believes this. Have they not thought about the fact that if this were implemented, it could cause X, Y, and Z? Right. We're talking about saying specifically, I can't believe this person thinks this, therefore they are, insert... Any kind of word or insult here. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's wrong is attacking character is the wrongdoing in that situation. Right. Again, we should be confronting ideas, not attacking character. Number three, you use the power of the pulpit or the title of a pastor to preach a political message, especially one that invokes hate. I saw a blog yesterday that a pastor wrote going after this human being for presenting different ideas and and the other human being was, in a sense, kind of... Was wrong. ...going after someone else, but... But, the, so, he was mad at this person for digging up this person's past to cast them in light as a terrible person. And in response, he went and did the same thing. He dug up stuff that he disagreed with about this person's life and said, this is why we shouldn't listen to this person. That's hypocrisy. And we should not be using the pulpit of a pastor... Or even the you know, the blog used his title, pastor. It was pretty clear he was the pastor of a church. We shouldn't be vilifying people, period, but especially in that role because our pastors are held to a higher standard. And in that moment, you're claiming not to speak for God necessarily, but to speak from a higher knowledge of God's will than anyone right. else who's and reading. In our small group recently, we were just discussing, I think I think it was James 3, or one, it was three one or one three. Um, it specifically said that to be a teacher is to be held to a higher standard and a higher judgment mm-hmm. than others, and that's something to keep in mind when you're in this position and when you you know just think about what you choose to talk about. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
Uh, sign number four that your politics comes before Jesus. When uh, your outrage is selective, you only go after one side for things both sides are guilty of, or you look for fault in one side but not the other. This is probably the biggest symptom I see out there. Um, they will castigate one side for, um, you know, not being consistent on an issue or being hypocrites, but then ignore the same thing from the people they agree with. Right. Um, that's a problem. People on both sides have their own issues, and it's okay to call those out, but you had better be consistent about it. Because if not, you are putting political party over truth and justice and righteousness. And that is a problem. And finally, the fifth sign that your politics comes before Jesus. When someone disagrees with you, you try harder to win the argument than to understand or convince. One sign you're doing this is if you immediately jump to the worst possible intentions behind what they're saying. Um, You see this a lot in the abortion argument. Someone will say, you know, the abortion is a human li- or abortion takes away a human life. And someone responds with, that's not really what you think. You just want to control women. That's, that's the sort of thing I'm talking about here where you immediately jump to, how can I vilify this person? How can I make this person look stupid rather than how can I convince or better understand where this person is coming from? I'm not going to say there's not a place for gotcha moments because... Sometimes if a person's just not going to be convinced and is being disrespectful, your goal is to sort of convince anyone else who would be reading. So sometimes the like little gotcha questions can become a useful tool for that. But as a general rule, it's about convincing the other person or understanding. If you're just trying to win an argument to win an argument or trying to find fault in that person then really you are just trying to prove to yourself that your politics is right. You are not trying to actually seek the sort of loving relationship or following after the Holy Spirit as we should be as Christians. Yeah, so, um, you know, these are our five main points to reflect on. Um, We ask that, you know, do do what we did and um, pray to God and ask if you've been Uh, you're at fault of any of these, Um, and then ask God how to better go about the situation. So thank you for tuning in. Remember that we are having Instagram and... At Panoplia Worship. Yep, and a YouTube. That's also called Panoplia Worship. Yeah, so if you have any questions or anything, feel free to comment. Um, We also have an email. We do. You can email us at panoplyaworship at gmail.com if you have any questions or concerns yeah. or want to tell us we're idiots. Yeah, you know, and, you know, this is one of, this is a test. So, you know, if you really have something that you don't agree with, is the response to respond on YouTube or Instagram, or is it better to personally <laughs> email us and confront us there first? Ooh, a trick question here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so anyway, thanks for tuning in. Um, we l- would love to hear from you, and we look forward to catching up with you next time.